Welcome to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast, a place where busy adults can find the knowledge and inspiration to get back on track to living a healthier, well-balanced lifestyle. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Ingrained and Balanced Podcast. As usual, I'm very excited to share this amazing conversation we're about to have with you guys. Um, If you're like me or you know somebody that suffers from some chronic pain issues, whether it's in their lower back, legs, wherever, whether it's due to an injury or just some hard labor, whatever the case may be, and you're trying to find new ways to exercise, do some things at home uh, where you don't have access to a gym or the chiropractor, whatever the case may be, you're going to love what these guys have to say. I was referred to them from a friend of mine and I've tried some of their stuff and it's it's absolutely groundbreaking. The company's called Foundation Training, okay? A little insight on them, okay? Foundation training is a simple solution that gives you the means to change the way you move and correct the imbalances caused by our modern habits. Through our series of bodyweight exercise, foundation training activates your posterior muscle chain, anchors the hips, decompresses the spine, and teaches you to take the burden of supporting the body out of your joints and puts it where it belongs, in your muscles. No matter what your age or your fitness level, foundation training puts you on the path to wellness. And today, we're actually very fortunate to be speaking with Coach Jesse Salas, who actually operates as the program director for Foundation Training. A little bit about him. He left a 17-year career as a firefighter, actually, to focus on bringing Foundation Training to the world. He has a background in strength and conditioning. He now blends Foundation Training for both injury correction and prevention, as well as optimized strength and performance. Jesse has worked closely with varying injuries, performers and athletes, people from the likes of Madonna to martial arts icon, Rickson Gracie. Wow. Um, We're really going to dive into this. I've got a bunch of questions. Um, So without any further ado, let's get into it. Jesse, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, gentlemen. Doing great. Thank you for having me. Of course, of course, of course. Marty and I have been anticipating this conversation. For many reasons, our listeners are going to hopefully be able to identify with, and if they can, they should know somebody in their life that could benefit from your training methods. So I can't wait to die. First of all, how's your morning going, buddy? So far, so good. Got up, got outside, did some moving, got some sunlight, and set my intentions for the day. So it's been a very productive first part. Now, are those like habits you 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 know you have to do every morning, or is there like one thing? You have to check off every morning that you focus on. Yeah. What I like to focus on in the morning is getting up and just quick bathroom routine, get on the floor, do five to 10 minutes of foundation training. It gives me an opportunity to check in with the body, check in with my breath connection and feel what areas I might need to work on and just set a tone for the entire day. And from there, everything else is kind of hit or miss. It's interchangeable, but I do aim to get outside and get that sunlight as soon as the sun is rising i don't get much of that lately i'm in the midwest (laughs) i think i haven't seen the sun in about i don't know six or seven days you know what i mean it's funny i just did a little thing yesterday where i'm like i always try to get out for a few minutes for a walk at the end of my work day to kind of decompress and i'm guilty of if the weather is not great i won't do it and it's a horrible thing but it's, it's what we say, breaking out of our comfort zone. Uh, we just did this yesterday. It's like, that's my new thing. I don't care what the weather, if it's snowing, if it's zero degrees, I just bundle up 
and I have to get that fresh air. It's part of my new daily thing that I'm committing to. Well, great. Listen, what a great segue because you mentioned you get in a little bit of your foundation training in, and that's you know what we're here to talk about, right? Tell us a little bit how you got on this path and how this foundation method got into your life and, and how did that all come about? It came into my life because of an injury. I was a firefighter for about 17 years and I was involved in the wellness world, especially for the fire service. Um, had always looked at it as part of the job to optimize and be ready for whatever could come my way. And then it turned into a thing I was doing with all our recruits and helping guys navigate their own training throughout their career. When I tore my MCL doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I realized I had some imbalances, found foundation training, and got involved. And it just blew my mind because here I am going, I need to target my knee, but really was we're going to target your entire body. And Dr. Goodman, we had had a relationship because he had gone to UCF. I was a fireman in Orlando. So we were able to reconnect. And he just said, come out and let me help you. And so I did. And as I started doing these exercises for my knee, my whole body's shaking. I'm feeling all these disconnects. And I just was mind blown. I, I came back in two months, took the whole course with him. And then I just kept going back. And fast forward, I started bringing into the fire service. We're seeing amazing results for other firefighters that had been dealing with a lot of low back things. It's very, very common in the fire service. And so I started kind of picking up this traction, got more involved with the company, and then they had asked me to come out to do a first responder initiative. And so I initially went out to do that, and then things changed, and I didn't end up going back to being a firefighter, which I never thought I wouldn't be a fireman. That was 18 years, 17 years old. I was a volunteer. 18, I was on the job, and that was my world. That was my path. And then suddenly I saw that I was making a able to help people from a different manner and letting people recognize how through doing this work can really shift wellness in so many avenues that it just became the new passion. And so here I am, fast forward and on the front lines leading with Dr. Goodman and the team. Yeah, you guys are are kind of spreading the word and getting people involved globally, right? There's trainers taking your certification courses. And, and now, would you say these people are mainly independently kind of service providers or do the majority of them work in fitness centers and gyms or a combination of both? Yeah, it's, a, it's all walks of life. And that's the beauty of the work is that everybody can come from a different, different career, different path, different injuries, ages, and they're getting something out of it. And so we get chiropractors, we get surgeons, we get personal trainers, yoga instructors, Pilates instructors, jujitsu teachers. The most obscure, we've had gold miners come to the course. A lot of people have found it because they were dealing with something where years of chronic pain and they did this random YouTube video and suddenly things started to change and their whole world had shifted where this thing I felt was going to just rob me of my ability to enjoy life and I'm getting it back. I want to share this with more people. And, you know, Dr. Goodman's really created something that in my perspective, and I'd say the perspective of a lot of people that I look up to in the medical world are saying he's really revolutionizing what chiropractics is and how people can go about helping and healing their body and taking control of it. Wow. This stuff sounds really cool. I can totally relate because I also blew uh, an ACL in jujitsu and that like led to my downfall, if you will, of like 
you know, it was probably about uh, maybe 12 years ago or so. And I didn't do anything. I got sort of a little bit depressed and I didn't do anything for, you know, eight to 12 months. I wanted to be careful. I didn't want to screw things up, you know, and, and it wasn't until I got, I went back, found a trainer and we started doing, you know, hard stuff, doing squats, doing deadlifts, stuff's a little scary when you, you know, when you're having that. And I learned mobility, which changed my life. Like I, all of a sudden my back pain disappeared, you know, that I've been having since I was a kid, when I was playing football, when I ran track, I would every once in a while, my back would just go out and it would be excruciatingly painful. It stopped. Right. So can you talk a little bit about what foundation training really is and how it's maybe different from what a lot of people are doing? Yeah. Yeah. So foundation training is the simplistic. It's a series of corrective exercises designed to address the leading causes of chronic pain. What I look at, and as I've gone through multiple courses over the years, and there's a lot of great tools out there. I always say for everybody is that we are a cure a lot, but we are not a cure all. And so I don't dismiss other programs, but I do say what is great about foundation training is the simplicity of application. And for something like your knees, something like that ACL or the nagging back injury, when you start going through the exercises, you immediately start working on correcting the way your body's moving. And that as you start to realign the way your body's moving, you're also starting to learn how to leverage and tension muscles and primary movers of the body, what most people refer to as the posterior chain. To go simple, non-doctor, think of all the muscles down the backside of your body, big, powerful muscles. And as we learn to really get those muscles to be our primary movers, to lead, if you will, and then we start learning how to integrate more muscle chains through what we call anchoring, inner anchoring, outer anchoring, you learn to Train your body as a system so that when you do 10 to 15 minutes of foundation training, you're realigning the way your body carries itself, holds itself, is tensioning the muscles to support that so that you take the body out of collapsing into your joints, falling in, rounding in, and asking your low spine to be a hinging point instead of your hips. And you put your, the burden back into the muscles so that the muscles are the main support that you're not using the stuff without elasticity, the joints, the ligaments, the bones. We want the muscles and the tendons to be that main support that are elastic. And so when you do these routines, what starts to happen is your posture shifts, you align because we're very specific with our with the way we set up our feet. There's what we call degree, like I don't want to get too medical, degrees of internal rotation. What we're doing is we're aligning so that the hips are subtly turned in that when you're tensioning and doing things right, you can recruit the muscles that connect the legs to the pelvis. And then when we tie in the breathing, that you're learning to tension all the muscles that connect to your pelvis above it and below it. So for us, training the core is everything that attaches to the pelvis above and below. So we're making sure you're getting all of that and your body gets stronger as a system. And when you do that, then you're aligning it and you're doing this every day so that you're not just collapsing and adapting to our basically the relaxed lifestyle. We're sitting all the time, the pelvis tucks, the legs spin out, the upper body drops in, the head goes forward. We all know that posture now. They call it tech neck. We look at it as the jujitsu guy. We're wearing our shoulders, the office workers. And a lot of us feel like, well, this is just 
the world I'm in. And a lot of us feel disempowered, especially it's scary to then go into the gym. But you start doing this, you train the body the way to move, the way to in, in, engage the system. Then I look at, we go, now let's start bringing in our strength training. Let's start building muscle on top of a aligned, primed, moving body. And you just see the effects grow. Where I see it differing from a lot of other systems, it's simplistic. You don't have to break the body into pieces. There's times for that. I look at that as that's where I'm going to work with the physio. Maybe when I've got something I'm just not getting rid of, I go to the Cairo, I go to get body work done, and then I apply foundation training. And it takes 10 to 15 minutes in consistency. And that's what I've seen to be the biggest game changer for people. Okay. So you're talking about a series of, of exercises that are are probably very similar that you're going to do every day. It's not like you're, it's not like in, in, in bodybuilding where you're like, oh, I'm going to work this, this body part and that body part today and that body part and the other body part tomorrow. You're talking about, Hey, these are the same exercises I'm going to be doing, you know, every day. And it's going to take not so much time. And I'm going to be focusing on core and particularly, you know, glutes, hamstrings, upper, lower back, that, that, as you said, the posterior chain, which is something that when, when I went to my trainer after by, that was what, you know, that's, I needed that. I needed that. I'd always been scared of deadlifts. I'd been scared of, of, of squats. I thought, oh, I'm going to hurt myself if I don't do them right. And wow, what a difference it's made to like, be confident, to, to understand how to, you know, position your feet, how to do those exercises, how to get your knees out, how to, you know, how to do those. And the benefits for me have been fantastic. So if somebody can get that, I work more than 15 minutes a day. So if, if, if somebody can get similar types of, you know, of benefits in terms of health, in terms of mobility from, from that type of routine, that sounds great. I mean, do you have like, I'm sure there are a lot of people who are thinking like, what are you doing? Like specifically, like, how can I find it? You, you mentioned that people find you on YouTube. Are there three main exercises? Are there six main exercises? And I there's probably lots of, you know, tertiary exercises. But your your main stuff, the stuff you're known for, the stuff that you think, wow, everybody should be doing. I'd say so. We have twenty six exercises with multiple variations. But when I look at it, I go, there's six to eight exercises I really want people to learn. I really want them getting there. And the beauty of it, and, and to touch on your point, is that. The application changes. Like if I'm working with someone in pain, in chronic pain now, my application is going to be very different. I'm going to be adapting the work to their body. If I'm working with an athlete that's like, hey, I've had these nagging things, but I'm feeling good. Okay, let's see how you move. Let's start to bring you through some a founder. Let's go into a lunge decompression. Let's see how you're breathing. Can you access the, the backside of your rib cage with an inhale? Can we engage the abdominal on the exhale? Can you breathe into the abdominal? Great. Can we breathe and brace the abdominal? Because if you're feeling pretty good, I want to make sure we're moving, we're connecting, and then I want to get you deadlift. We need to, we need certain forms of stress on the body. And like you said, so many people are afraid to lift. And one of my biggest things is to recognize you're deadlifting all the time if you're going through this world. Doesn't mean you're doing it right. We're picking heavy things up off the ground. And so we want to make sure the hips are the leading component and then done correctly, we get more and more muscles involved. I don't need to go too far down that rabbit hole, but there's specifics I want for the person. But 
I want them to recognize man or woman, we all have the strength and the ability to do it. If we get the patterns correctly, it's only going to enrich your life and aging because we have to start thinking about 50, 60, 70 years old, osteoporosis, sarcopenia, the deterioration of muscle, the deterioration of bone. Those are real. And I look at my parents. I want them to be empowered to 75, 85, 95, God, God willing, is that they're still having the self-ability to conduct their day without needing me to help them or to be in a home, that they have the strength to go about their day. And that comes through staying on top of their strength training. You mentioned an exercise and you talk about foundational training and the exercise that you mentioned was a founder. So I don't know a ton about your system. But I'm going to guess that a founder is pretty central to what you guys are doing. And maybe if you said, well, there's only really two or three, the founder is going to be in there as what you're going to, you know, show somebody what you want them to be proficient. at. Can you talk a little bit about what a founder is and maybe, you know, take a, take a second and tell somebody how they could go online and find, you know, uh, how to do a founder correct. Yeah, so a founder, most simplistic to the untrained eye is a hip hinge. It's a it's a fundamental human movement that we should all do that we naturally do. Passive adaptation, modern lifestyle, all the sitting, the pelvis tucks, the glutes cinch down. When you see people kind of with that pelvic driven forward and the rounded shoulders. And so what starts to happen is we don't hinge the hips anymore. We round at the low back. You hear the complaints of the front hip pain, the rounded shoulders. So the founder, when we do it, and you can go on YouTube, look up foundation training, you're going to see the 12-minute workout, the founders throughout it. You can't find really a lot of foundation training stuff without seeing a founder where the hips are pulled back, the knees are unlocked, the hands are up. But what we get into is these subtle internal rotation at your hip joints where we look pigeon-toed. And then what we're working on is to make sure that when we go into that hip hinge, the hips initiate, the knees unlock, and they follow back. And you know you're doing it right if you feel tension up the back of the leg in the hamstring. We focus on posture and position, a chest up, lengthen the back neck, so that when we go into the hip hinge, we're in a position where now we've tensioned the back of the leg in an eccentric contraction. We've lengthened the hamstrings under tension. But as we're holding that position and we're in that upright open posture, we're putting the muscles up the backside of the body into a nice strong isometric contraction. So now they're having to strengthen and stabilize. Then we might float the hands out into what we call a sphere of tension where we're squeezing the fingertips together. We're doing it correctly in the perfect world. They're bringing a degree of external rotation with the arms where as we squeeze the fingers, we engage the lats. So now we're incorporating the hips. We're training the body that the hips lead movement, that we hinge. We don't round at the spine. That when we hip hinge back, that we have strength in the low body and up the backside of the body to stabilize and support us there. And then engaging, we squeeze the fingertips and we can incorporate our lats. That we can then breathe and expand the rib cage and expand out away from center, lengthen and engage the abdominal when we exhale. Training deep layer abdominal wall, transversus abdominis, so that now the limbs and everything are tensioning towards center. We use the breath to expand and push away from center. 
becomes a postural reset. It becomes an extremely challenging position to integrate and incorporate all these muscle chains. And for people with low back pain, it has a way of being this insane reset. And what I look at too is that there are people where we start with a prop, where we put our hands on the table so that we can start to ease their body and train it to trust and to build that strength, work towards being able to be there without needing the support. But the more we do it, especially learning to integrate the inner thighs, the adductors, those, according to Dr. Goodman, as he views it, are primary stabilizers for the low spine. They stabilize the pelvis and your pelvis is the platform of operation for the low back. So I say for everybody, it just looks like a hip hinge, but there's so many elements at play for chronic low back pain. But for the strengthening athlete, for the person that might have chronic knee issues or hip or shoulders, as we do all these things, you're realigning and resetting and incorporating muscles to stabilize all those other joints that are throughout our body. Okay. Okay. And, and somebody can find a founder like online. If they say, I, I want to go to YouTube and, and, and like, how would they, how would I look for one if I want to see how to do one correct? You can go to YouTube and find it. Absolutely. We have a streaming site where you can go in and there's detailed finding your hip hinge. There's detailed videos on just the founder. There's detailed videos from Dr. Goodman on the how and the why, but there's so we have so much free content on YouTube for people to go through. But I always say, if you really want to learn this and master it and empower yourself to learn how to, to self-correct your body with your body, then you want to get on our streaming site and go through the phases, which is ftstreaming.com. Okay. Okay. Ftstreaming.com. Yeah. And for all the listeners out there, I'm going to have links to the website, your YouTube, your great Instagram page. <laughs> you got some great content on there. Actually, we're going to get a little, a little, a little uh, stingy here because because uh, Marty and I are both huge MMA fans, big UFC fans. And just by going through your Instagram page, you obviously, you guys train some some people in the MMA space, man. So we want to touch base on that a little bit in regards to athletes. Um, we talked about, you know, people being sedentary like me. I have a bad back. You know, I work in my, in my office, but if you can't tell, you know, I have a standing desk because it's helped me deal with, you know, having my spine correctly and all that. But there's little things I practice. But as it relates to athletes, is there something different that you do to help athletes build that foundation or do, do, or do they come to you as a trainer or do you give them, you know, online? Tell us your experience dealing with people in the MMA space. So I'll go most immediate, which was um, the Rotolo brothers, Kai and Tate Rotolo. One of them now is the youngest world champion of Brazilian jiu-jitsu, the the Olympics of Jiu-Jitsu is ADCC. And his twin brother got the bronze in the absolute division, which means at 185 pounds, he was fighting guys in the 210, probably up to 230, 240 was the biggest guy, uh, Pena. So anybody in Jiu-Jitsu will know, will know those names. We got connected because of their doctor. Their doctor is um, Dr. G in Newport Beach, California. And Essentially, he reached out to me. I'd done some work with him and some other clients of his. And he said, hey, I gave the Rotolo brothers your name. They want to get stronger. They've got some nagging injuries that come that any athlete's going to have given their sport. Our body's adapting to whatever we're doing most. And part of being an athlete is you're doing consistent patterns over and over. So there's things that we adapt to. And he said, um, we want to get them stronger, but they're afraid of sacrificing their jujitsu game. 
that a lot of heavy lifting, what all their teammates are doing does not jive with the way they fight. and They don't want to lose that. He's like, I think you're the perfect fit. We connected. We did some training. We went for, you know, surfed together, hung out. It's like, yeah, this is right personality. I had been exposing them to some foundation training. Ty was, Ty, I started with Ty and he was blown away. He's just like, oh, I don't know what's going on. He's shaking and he's struggling. He'd come out of it, which is what a lot of people go into. It looks so, like it just looks like nothing to them because what you don't see is everything that's happening. And, you know, here's a 19-year-old phenom fighter just shaking and just, oh, and we do it again. And we weren't touching weights. All we were doing was teaching him how to start integrating muscle chains, how to teach his body to work together. And then one day we're at the Ruka headquarters and we're doing some training. All of a sudden in comes his twin brother, Cade, who I had not met yet in person and his dad. And they're just, Hey, what's up? And his brother, Cade's, I got to learn this. I've been rolling with my brother and I feel a difference. His chokes are tighter and stronger. When I go to take him down, he's resisting me better. I went, there, there's no better testimony than the kid you've been training with since you're three years old. No one knows each other better and you can feel a strength difference. And all we've done is apply foundation training. And so that led to the relationship growing. And then when we set the goal of ADCC, I, I did some work with them going into a one fight and um, they both did great. And that was like, okay, yeah, we're really seeing this. And again, only doing body weight. That was um, when he uh, tied, just submitted Gary Tone in no time at all. And uh, Cade did his craziness off the fence and, and beat his opponent. And then ADCC, we just hammered. And it turned into me with them for about eight weeks straight of everyday foundation training, various mobility work, because now we are getting specific to their bodies. And then we got into integrating kettlebells and barbells. But it was 75% foundation training, a handful of other mobility drills and morning stuff and hydration-focused, protein-focused, coordinating and timing, integrating saunas and acupuncture. I mean, then we're getting into full pull of me as overseeing all of that modality. But um, the results the results spoke for themselves. And, and Kate and I talked after ADCC, and he beat everybody by submission. And what we talked about is he's like, I've never felt... So I've put people into these positions and the ease of finishing them was just undeniable for, for me. You know, just a little thing we talked about and seeing Ty, you know, Ty ran into some things with his first opponent was a, someone he, that had been his coach since he was a little guy. And mentally, it just, you know, he got knocked out right away, but then fought in the ultimate. And I mean, the fights, there's no denying where he got to. And um just insane what he did at his body weight. So I was very proud of them. But then we go to Hicks and Gracie, the other, uh, you know, icon in, in the fighting world of MMA. And, um, we connected after he was on Joe Rogan and had, I would tell anybody that is suffering with back pain, go listen to where Hickson was on that podcast. And then listen to the testimonial that you can find on my story on the foundation training story or, uh, link trees. But the testimony he gave us because he was living in a world where he was pretty much meditating and accepting that pain was a part of his life. Somebody had made a connection, hit on Gracie. One of his nephews got him to give uh, an audience to me. We had a couple phone calls, Hickson, Dr. Goodman, myself. And then I was able to fly to California the next day and, and see, can I start easing Hickson into the work? 
And it was for me, it's very stressful. Like this is a man that the right dose can help and the too much of the right dose can hurt. So I have to really go in delicately. And uh, fortunately, I've, I've trained with Dr. Goodman very closely with many of his patients for six to eight years now. And so I, I look at myself as an extension of him in these scenarios and was able to start applying. And we did morning, evening, morning, evening for the first five days. Day three, he had showed up. He had been just giving me little bits of info along the way. Everything's great. Everything's good. Day three, I show up and he's skateboarding in the parking lot. And it's like, okay, this is different. This is good. This is good. And uh, I even kind of caught, and I just kind of filmed him for a moment. And uh, he said, this, he, this is when I felt like he opened up and he recognized that I wasn't there as a snake oil salesman. And he said, brother, this is changing my life. I'm starting to see that this is not just something that's going to be given to me. And a couple of days later, things are going to change. I'm seeing that this is something that I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life, that it's active healing. And so from there, we really made progress. And over the span, I, I was with him very directly for about 10 days. And he started just testing everything and kicking walls and doing and just really pushing it. And I felt like I was watching somebody age in reverse. I actually like had sent everybody this clip from Lord of the Rings where this king gets taken out of the spell and he goes from being this old man to his, his life is back. And then Doc Goodman came very soon after that. We, we collaborated with Hickson and took it to another level. And, you know, Hickson is still doing the work. I just saw him in Dubai. I see him teaching more and training more. And when we talk, he's like, brother, I'm, I'm really on the path and I feel great. And, you know, he, he essentially said from here, I've, I'm going to work on it and do it on my own. And, you know, I, I appreciate and love you guys. And so that's how we've left it. For me, that's a huge win. I share that story as much as I can to hope and inspire other people that there is things for you. Cause he had some of the best docs in the world saying, this is where you're at. We need to fuse all these areas of your spine. You need to accept where you are. And he had tried, as he said, everything and his back, his back. If you look at the MRIs, if you look at everything, it's bad, but we strengthened the muscles all around his spine, started changing the way he was moving and there's been a significant shift in quality of life. Now, now Hickson is obviously, I mean, a world-class athlete was, was a legend, the legend, you know, I mean, but he's not a young man at this point, right? I mean, how, how old is Hickson? Sixties. I, I want to say early sixties. Okay. Okay. So this is, this is something that you don't have to be, you know, 30 or 40 or what, you know, you can do this sixties, seventies. You know, can you, you eighties, like as, as long as you 90s. can walk, as long as you can walk. Wow. Absolutely. Marty. As long as you can walk, as long as you're willing to show up every day and consistently work on it, you will see shifts and it takes time. It can be a long process depending on where you're at, but we've got people in their teen, young teens. Now early developmental children to adults in yeah 80s and 90 years old and we're seeing it all over in quality of life that there's no the beauty of it is it's for everybody and wherever you're at you're going to get a benefit as we've seen with ty and kate kicks in 70 80 90 year olds hey, dr goodman's working with a 91 year old was able to make significant shifts for them it's it's pretty it's pretty remarkable what dr goodman has put together with this i know already i've got in my head 
I, I know one person who I am going to try and plead to look at some of these things, try to incorporate some of this work in his life because I have had him go to um, you know, an old fraternity brother of mine who is an anesthesiologist because he is in so much pain. So he went to him simply for pain management after going to a number of other doctors. You know, he doesn't want to, you know, to take heavy drugs. He doesn't want to take addictive drugs, you know, just to, you know, to, he's, so he's, he's really struggling. And so I'm going to for sure encourage him. And I'm, I imagine I'm, I'm going to pass this on to a few other people also. I know with a lot of your audience and, and when we, when you had mentioned the death stuff, I want to just let everybody know it's not, it's not just the combat athlete or the elderly or the, it's even for the office. There's a huge thing I say for everybody and for that, for your friend is recognizing that in the beginning, wherever you're at small, consistent doses, we want to start to look at finding the patterns that are leading to the breakdowns and start to teach your body new patterns and be patient with it. I, I look at it and say, 10 to 15 minutes at the start of the day, snacks and movement through the day. I, I We have a, a office program where there's little break up the day of sitting. And I say all the time, standing desk, amazing. Sitting is not terrible, but sitting poorly over time, we don't want to be stuck in any one position for long periods. But if you go to standing, do a quick five minute decompression routine of foundation training, lengthen line so that you're standing up open and with good posture not just taking the position you've been in to a standing position. So for all of our people out there listening that are in the office setting, recognizing you don't need any special equipment. You don't have to go anywhere. I Zoom with a office, um, depending on their schedule, it shifts every couple of months. But right now we're on a every other week. We do a weekly Zoom where I take the office through 15 minutes at lunchtime. And it's just a get moving, get breathing, get big, shake off the stress, shake off the tension, align your posture. and as we did a test with LA County Fire Department, we see reductions of stress. We see improvements on VO2 max. We see improvements on grip strength. Grip strength and VO2 max are predicators for lifespan now. So anecdotal studies we did with LA County Fire, where they did 10 minutes a day for eight weeks on a group. They tested them before and after. We saw improvements on their low back endurance on what some say would be the predicator of a back injury. We saw improvements on their grip strength their VO2 max with no real cardiovascular shifts or increases other than just doing foundation training. And so those are significant. But that's why I say for everybody is you can do it in the privacy of your home. You can do it in the airport. You can do it on the plane. Get creative because all you need is your body. That's awesome. Like I've already incorporated some of the breathwork stuff, which I love. It's really helping me. Like I said, I've got a lower back or bad lower back. And luckily I've, I've, you know, learned exercises over the years and things, daily habits that I practice. But if I go two, three days without practicing these little, like you're talking about little bite-sized, little positive, healthy habits, it'll wind up and it feels like it's just ready to snap, you know? So I'm always looking for new stuff. I can't wait to dive in more into the streaming content. And again, I'm going to have links to all this information that we just talked about. And I'm also going to put a link to that testimonial video with Hicks and Gracie. It's an amazing video. It's really good stuff. So if uh, for our listeners out there, if you really like the stuff that we talked about, um, please make sure you practice some of this stuff. Dive in. If you have a family member or coworker that that's suffering from some kind of chronic pain that you think could benefit from this, they say they don't have time or they can't afford to go to a trainer, yada, yada, yada. You have no excuse now. You have foundation training. I'm telling you right now, 
Um, so we'll start wrapping it up. I got one last question for you, Jesse. End of the day habits. What are you doing at the end of the day? Primarily, like when is your last meal? And is there anything you do right before you go to bed to help you get a rest, you know, good night's sleep? Absolutely. End of the day is, is so vital for all of us. Sleep is everything. So I'm going to make it short and sweet. For me, perfect world is my last meals right around 5, 6 p.m. I'm winding down at that point. Perfect world again. That doesn't mean I'm going to bed. I get the meal done. I clean up. I'm probably listening to a podcast while I'm doing that. And then I'm going to take some melatonin. I cycle melatonin. Anything I do for sleep, because I, I do encourage to get a handle on your sleep. I cycle melatonin. People's concerns there is that, well, is it going to affect natural production of melatonin? No. Hawaii, I have the beautiful ability to walk down the road, catch the sunset. So I try to watch the sunset and sunrise, uh, set the circadian clocks. Um, but uh, when perfect world, I'll get a sauna in and then um, melatonin or ZMA or some nights I don't take anything. CBD is another great one that I think is amazing for sleep. I use an aura ring. I tape my mouth when I am actually shutting down. But about that last hour, before, I'd like to say I'm better about it. the last hour before bed. I'm like, okay, airplane mode on the phone. I've even shifted where I'm reading some form of a fiction book. So my brain is being allowed to just chill out, go into creative. And, um, you know, if I, if I'm able, it's always a toss up. Am I doing my reading or my stretching? Because I like the reading, but I also like the stretching. This, the reading kind of really makes me knock out. So I generally try to get about 10 minutes. 30 seconds to one minute, three times of whatever stretches you're working on is shown to give the best payoff for stretching. We don't have to call these crazy long things. So I try to pick two or three areas that I'm working on and shift back and forth, holding 30 to 45 seconds, dot, 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 three times for whatever it is, climb in bed, do my reading, tape my mouth, black out everything if possible. And that's that. You know, obviously we want our, our listeners to take away something, but we want to make sure we grab at least one good nugget from every conversation we have. And wow, there's so much here. Look at tools to help you sleep. Look at ZMA. Look at melatonin. Do your research. Look at at um, bedtime tea. Cutting the meal back. It helps your body not have the heart rate up digesting and doing all of that. Dr. PAT is talking about where he's seeing really, really positive sleep results by getting the sauna in before bed. So I'm always looking at different things, using my aura ring to track. I have seen the positives there. And then if you're able to catch the sunset, do a little bit of stretching, do some reading, let your body come down. Breath work, amazing. Sometimes I, I promote chanting. Find some of those. But calming your system down is everything. I got One of the uh, concepts we talked about on one of our earlier episodes was cold showers, Wim Hof method. Are you practicing any of that? Are you doing that in the morning, afternoon, evening? I w I'm a huge, huge fan of Wim Hof. I, I did it for a very long time, especially as a fireman. I went through his online program back in the day. It has evolved for me. I use Wim Hof in a sense of when I wake up, it's part of that morning routine. If I'm giving all that detail is I wake up, do my morning routine, go on the floor. And nowadays, it's one to two rounds of Wim Hof breathing. I go through that to wake myself up. And I go into the breath hold and I focus on gratitude. I do one more round and I focus on what is it I'm working on today, setting my intention, setting my plan. 
And then I shift into what I call free dive breathing. Three seconds in, 10 seconds out, I want to calm the nervous system down. There might be a little humming to turn up a little bit of nitric oxide to help bind full oxygen in the muscle. But I want to set that tone. I just know if I don't do the Wim Hof first, I might fall back asleep. So I want to calm the system down. From there is when I'm going into now, let's do some foundation training. So set the tone, set the intention into my foundation training. My morning routine is usually about 20 minutes total. In between the foundation training, there's usually a little bit of neck mobility, shoulder mobility, spinal mobility, hip mobility. And then if my body's feeling great from there, awesome. Coffee up. Right now I'm tea only. The new year I went no coffee for 21 days. And tomorrow, not that I'm uh, keeping track. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah, but that's the typical prime the body for the day. This thing is, if this is our ride, this is our vessel. And so I want to do so many other things, but I'm going, this is it. I started to add craziness to start of the year and I paid for it. I strained a cap. I cut down all my self-care and went, I'm going to get up and be grinding. I got to do these things. I'm going to go for a run every morning. And I wasn't doing much of anything else. Minimal effective dose. I didn't take away any of the other tools and I didn't add more mobility or self-care. And so boom, cap. And I went, wow, it completely shifted me back. And everything is like lessons learned. I test a lot of things to go, what can I recommend for them out there? And this was a self-test that I learned a ton on. I love it. I mean, with that said, everybody, foundation <laughs> training, foundationtraining.com. If you want to learn more, you can go right there. We're going to have all the links to all the different platforms and things we mentioned in this conversation. Jesse, can't thank you enough. Marty, you have anything else, bud? No, this was great. I, I love this. I love learning about this. I'm going to keep learning about this. I'm going to try to incorporate this. This, uh, I, I, I believe in the posterior chain. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> Hashtag posterior chain. We're going to use, we're going to use that when we promote this episode. But uh, well, people, if you haven't done so already, uh, please click like, make sure you subscribe and share this with anybody you feel could benefit from the conversation and things we talked about today. Jesse, I'd love to have you back again sometime. Please, I'll reach out again soon. And uh, all right, folks, that's about it. We're going to sign off. Have a good one. Practice your daily habits. Take care. Bye-bye.